Yes, would you open your Bibles this morning to Psalm 134? Psalm 134. And today we are concluding the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, the Psalms of Ascent are King James, I believe uh, some of the headings says Song of Decrees. Uh, but these Psalms were sung by pilgrims as they went to Jerusalem to the feast. Uh, they were sung and prayed. And today we conclude with Psalm 134. And I must confess, Psalm 134 is my favorite of these. It's one that I uh, often use as a night psalm. And uh, it's uh, often been used by Christians throughout the centuries as a nighttime meditation before bed. And it's certainly appropriate for that. And so let's uh, read Psalm 134 where the psalmist states, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the word that we just read. Help us, Lord God, to apply it to our hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit. And help me as your unworthy servant as I preach today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Do you remember, and I'm telling my age now, and some of you who are younger definitely won't remember this, but you remember when TV stations, you like ABC and NBC and CBS, there's only three, you didn't have Fox at that time, they'd sign off at night. It brought around midnight, you know, it would, right about around midnight, it, you'd have the Star Spangled Banner would play, and then static, or it'd show a color, you know, color or it'd show the, the station's emblem and it wouldn't come back on until about 5 or 5.30 in the morning where once again they'd play the Star Spangled Banner or, and then usually Dixie. Uh, that was a different time. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was a signing off. They don't sign off anymore. They go 24 hours a day. Now does. But Psalm 134, the last of the Psalms of Ascent, you might could say, is a signing off. Uh, it is a signing off of as the pilgrims who have came to Jerusalem are departing. It could be called a departing psalm. The departing psalm. Psalm 133, which we looked at Wednesday night, showed the unity of God's people. And I just imagine when they read or prayed or sang Psalm 133, by how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. They're gathered there in Jerusalem at the temple, and here's God's people all together, and they're all unified in worship. And here in Psalm 134 is the departing psalm of the Psalms of Ascent. But I want to entitle today's message, Night Praise, because this is a psalm that especially emphasizes night. The psalm is believed to be a responsive psalm, by the way, with verses 1 through 2 being said by the pilgrims who have came to Jerusalem, and verse 3 being a response by those in the temple, the servants, that is the Levites and the priests, 
back to them. Any of y'all see a, a hymn book, uh, you ever notice they got them responsive readings and it's usually responsive reading of scripture. You ever done that in church? It's usually the pastor or somebody up here will say say portion of scripture and then you respond back. Well, that's basically what we have here in Psalm 134. So verses 1 and 2 are directed, uh, we'll see, to the night shift that served in the temple. Now, the temple basically never shut down. You go to 1 Chronicles chapter 9. I just want to lay a little background here. 1 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 33. And uh, this dealt, by the way, with the tabernacle and the temple. So uh, when I say the temple, I'm talking about both the tabernacle during the time of Moses up to the time of David until Solomon built the temple. But the house of the Lord... Notice what it states in verse 33. And these are the singers, chief, chief of the fathers of the Levites, who remain in the chambers were free, for they were employed in that work day and night. The Levites here were involved in the work of the temple, the tabernacle, day and night. It's not like they just shut down for the night. It wasn't a nine to five. They had... They had to have shifts. Uh, go to 1 Chronicles 23, verses 30 through 32. Again, we see uh, this talking about their the temple assignments where it talks about in to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. And likewise at evening, there was a morning and there was an evening sacrifices and to offer all burnt offerings in the Lord in the Sabbaths and the new moons and on the set feast by number according to order commanded unto them continually before the Lord and, and that they should keep the charge of the tabernacle of the congregation and the charge of the holy place and the charge of the sons of Aaron their brethren in the service of the house of the Lord. The service in the temple was 24-7, seven days a week. It's, you have stores. Well, Walmart used to be 24-7. It's not anymore. But you go by many convenience stores, gas stations. Some of them are 24-7. They never shut down. Well, that was true of the temple. There were no off hours or off day. Uh, worship, singing, and praise, and sacrifices were done continually in the temple. And in many ways, it's a picture of heaven. You go and read in Revelation 4 and 5 where you see the host gathered around the throne praising God, never ending. So the temple is a picture of this. Uh, now, Spurgeon uh, believed that this psalm was recited in the darkness of early morning as the pilgrims who were about to leave would call out to the priest and Levites in verses 1 and 2. In return, the priest and Levites would recite verse 3. Now, I'm not sure if that's correct or not. It could have been like Spurgeon says, or it could have been in the early evening, the nighttime, uh, or early morning, as Spurgeon states. But it was done. And here's the thing about it. While Israel slept... 
The servants in the temple were praising God. It was unending praise. And they were exhorted, and going back to Psalm 134 in verse 1, by the pilgrims, where they said, Behold, and they understand, so behold means to, you know, they're gaining, calling their attention. Bless you, the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. The priests and the Levites were exhorted by the pilgrims to bless the Lord to praise the Lord, to continue in their duties, to not stop, attend to your duties, come and bless and continue praising the Lord. Remember, these that were in the temple were also the mediators that God had appointed. They're a picture of eventually the finished work of Christ that He would do at the cross. And so they're, they're exhorted to continue their service in the temple. Matthew Poole states they are exhorted them to do not stand there like statues, silent and idle, but employ your hearts and tongues in singing forth the praises of the Lord. Don't, don't stop. And this was, they were to do it at night. You that by night stand in the house of the Lord. This is the night watchers or the night shift we'd say today. Uh, these are the ones who are there working at night. This can be a, any of you who worked late at night, I've never worked total night, I've worked to like midnight or so. Uh, it can be difficult at times. Uh, but we're to continue, they were being exhorted even at night when the rest of Israel is asleep, continue praising God. Stand there. To stand is a portion, by the way, was a, posture of worship and praise and so they were continue on and so they urged them to keep praising God to keep interceding for them on their behalf and singing now as Christians in this New Testament age we my friends are to continue to sing praise God 24 7 also I mean, we're told in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 to pray without ceasing. That does not mean that you've got to be on your knees at your house 24-7. You can't do that. But you can be in a state of prayer all day long. Uh, to, to be in that state of prayer, to communicate with God. Uh, we are urged that, you know, as Christ's royal priesthood, Christians should devote our lives to the praise and service of the Lord. It's not just for people who are pastors or elders or deacons. It's for all of us to serve the Lord. Uh, this world is often, by the way, compared to night of people living in darkness. If you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 4 through 8. Notice what the Apostle Paul states here in verses 4 through 8. He says, For ye, brethren, that is the church of Thessalonica, are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief, Ye are all children of the light and children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. 
Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but uh, let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation. The world is asleep in the dark. They're enslaved to their incarnal lust in bondage to the things of this world and worldly desires. They don't even realize it. But we as servants of the Lord are different. We're not of the night. Though we are in this world, we're to be different, my friends. We're to not sleep as others do, but to watch and be sober. Be on the guard against sin. Be on the guard against evil. Not to indulge ourselves in the things of this world, but put on Christ, the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. We have something waiting for us greater. You know, this world, you know, people... They just live like they're never going to die. But we're all going to die. But we have the hope of salvation awaiting us. We who are believers. In Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14, very similar what Paul was stating here. He states, And that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. How often do we let the things of this world forget who we are? And we get involved in the things of this world, the worries of it. Awake out of your sleep. Verse 12, The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Don't let the fleshly desires of this world overcome you and its passions. Cast them off. Put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy, and not in the things of this world, not in the, the evil passions and desires, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The day is coming. Christ is coming back. Our eyes should be focused on that, folks, and not on the things of this world. And yet, too often, we can be lured. Don't fall asleep. Keep giving God glory and praise. And notice verse 2. In verse 2, going back over again, they are urged, the priests are and the Levites, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The priests were urged here to lift their hands in the sanctuary. You'll notice that's in italics. In uh, uh, the more literal, most agree, the more literal is toward the sanctuary. That is, the sanctuary of the temple was where the holy articles were, the table of showbread, the, uh, the, can, the candle lampstand, uh, the altar of incense, and, most, and the most important uh, portion of that uh, temple and tabernacle was the Ark of the Covenant, 
where often the very presence of God would come down in a cloud. And, and that and at Ark of the Covenant was the symbol of God's presence among them. Lift up your hands toward the sanctuary. You know, in the New Testament, in 1 Timothy 2.8, I'm not going there, Paul calls for believers to lift up their hands to God in prayer. And this lifting up of hands uh, was an Old Testament and well, New Testament also a way that many believers uh, worshipped God with their hands. It was symbolic and still is of surrender to God. They were saying, I surrender to you, God. I surrender myself to you. As believers today, we don't look toward an earthly building for God's presence. Now, I love our sanctuary here, and it's a special place when we gather as God's people, isn't it? But God doesn't live in this building. You know, I, I love visiting old church buildings and looking at them. I, I saw a, a one, it's a Baptist church building, I believe it was from either the late 1600s or 1700s, I'm not sure, I was seeing a picture of. And it's so different, it, it was uh, had like, in front of the communion table was the baptistry, though they would cover it up when not used and then uncover it. And then you have the communion table in the pulpit. And I love the symbolism there. Baptism, the Lord's Supper, and the Word of God. Very simple. And I love seeing that. And, you know, I, I, I visited some older church buildings, just beautiful to look at. Reformed Seminary up in Jackson, Mississippi has a beautiful chapel, huge pulpit. I mean, it goes all the way. I mean, you have to look up. And that was an old Puritan design that uplifted the Word of God. I love all that. But here's the thing about it, folks. As much as I love seeing all that, God doesn't dwell in buildings and and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful and reverential place. Uh, but ultimately, folks, the entire universe is God's cathedral and sanctuary. Uh, Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, well, verse 22 through 25. You want to talk about worship. Man, I've got to get into a special place to worship, we say. And it is good to have that special place of worship at home where you gather in your quiet time with the Lord, where you pray. But I want you to notice, you can make just about any place a quiet a time to praise God. Here is Here we read of Paul and Silas. Notice verse 22. They were having a what we'd call a very bad day. You have a bad day, see what kind of bad day they're having. It says verse 22 of Acts 16. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, that is, they beat them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who having received such a, a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And what did they do? Did they get in there and say, Oh Lord, why did you leave us here? Oh God, no. They didn't do that. Notice verse 25, what Paul and Silas did. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They made that place a place of prayer, a place of praise. And, and the prisoners heard them, and I'm not going to read the rest of it, but the jailer got saved. He even says, what must I do to be saved? 
Uh, making a long story short, look, uh, God is sovereign and rules over all. Uh, uh, I had a customer uh, telling me at Walmart the other day, says, I was talking, he was talking to one of our maintenance people, Miss Donna knows him, uh, says, well, I heard him singing a hymn and I went and talked to him. It's so good to talk to him. I said, yeah, he, he, uh, uh, he's always singing hymns all day long. I think one day I heard him singing halfway across the sword, uh, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. You know, you could hear him. He's always singing, humming hymns. And I always tell him, man, you sing hymns that I was grow, grew up on. Uh, but, what's, but that's a great testimony. That's a great testimony. We, you know, people should know that we are believers and that even when you're uh, mopping and cleaning like he was doing, you can still be praising God or in stocks, worshiping God in this night shift that we're in. When we are in a time of darkness all around us, we can praise God and, and point to Him for all of creation, my friends, uh, sh should praise God. One of my uh, a favorite, uh, beautiful psalm, Psalm 148, where all creation is urged to praise God. Not some of it, all of it. Notice this psalm. I know it's 14 verses, but it's got, I just got to read all this psalm. What does the psalmist state? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord, from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise ye Him, all His angels. Praise ye Him, all His host. Praise ye Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all ye stars of light. Praise Him, ye heavens of heavens and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth. Ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapors, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges, of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for His name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalted the horn of His people, the praise of all His saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto Him. Praise ye the Lord. The psalmist covers all his bases here. We were doing in-depth study of that. He calls all creation, everything, everything, praise God. And my friends, the entire universe is God's cathedral. Uh, when we pray, when we gather here and sing praises and worship the Lord, we're looking to the sanctuary in heaven where God the Father is where the Lord Jesus Christ is the right hand of God. And we're joining our prayers and praises with the church triumphant. Let's always remember that. I, last, last night, I know it got a little windy. If you, I know where I was at. And then after the wind settled down, it kind of was 
got partly cloudy. I, I remember I left something out in my car and I went to get it and it was so peaceful and quiet and I had to just look up at the skies and just and just say a little short prayer just felt because it just felt peaceful and it just like you were in a church building but in a sense it is true you're in God's presence for God my friends let me remind you you can't get away from God's presence uh he, he is everywhere whether it be at night whether it be in a prison whether it be down in the ocean as as the psalmist states in Psalm 148, God's presence is there. We can praise Him. And we should praise Him. And then verse 3 of Psalm 134, we see the response of the night watchers to the pilgrims. Uh, the Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. As I stated earlier, this is generally agreed to be the response of these servants to these pure pilgrims who are now departing Jerusalem. They've been urged in verses 1 and 2 to keep the watch, to keep praising God, to keep worshiping God, to keep interceding. And they respond back with a blessing. The Lord that made heaven and earth. He is the one who made heaven and earth. The word Lord here and all in, in, that we see here in Psalm 134 is the Hebrew word Yahweh or Jehovah. Yahweh, who is creator of heaven and earth. Bless you from Zion, out of Zion. Now the term Zion, I believe we looked at this Wednesday night, is symbolic of the place. It's, it's talking about where the temple was at, where God's Ark of the Covenant was at. They viewed that as where God's presence was at where they were to come and make the sacrifices. We know, for us, there is no temple anymore, but in heaven itself. And so what they're saying is, you're leaving the temple. You're leaving Jerusalem. You came here. You're going. It's no telling where they were going. I mean, many of them may have not even lived in Israel, may have lived far, far away. They're saying you may be leaving the temple and living far away, but may the blessing of God and His presence abide upon you wherever you're living. God is in heaven, my friends, and all the blessings that you and I receive, even those we don't give Him credit for, don't, and oftentimes we don't, come from God. We sing that that hymn, a very short hymn, Doxology, praise God from whom all blessings flow. And they do. All blessings flow from Him. In 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 14, the Apostle Paul gave a benediction to the church of Corinth where he stated, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Notice how Paul states this. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is his unmerited favor. May it be with you. May the love of God, that is the love of God the Father, be with you always. And may the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you. Notice all three members of the Trinity are mentioned here. The Godhead. 
He pronounced a blessing. This is what they were doing. In a sense, the last verse in Psalm 134 is, it's a blessing, it's a benediction as they are now departing and going home and reminding them that God's blessing, that His presence is with them. John Piper said, stated the ultimate purpose of life is to show that Jesus is more precious than life. And he further states, God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in Him. How true. My friends, we may have the best jobs in the world, but we may have the best home in the world, the best vehicles in the world, and have plenty of money. But if we don't have Christ, what is that worth? I mean, we're, we're most miserable. Uh, the one thing that's solid in this world is Jesus Christ. Uh, the pilgrims knew this when, when they praised God to these who were in the temple. And the temple, temple watchers gave this blessing that they needed God's presence with them. They needed God's blessings. I need His blessings. You need His blessings. By the way, if you don't know Christ today, you need Him. You need Him. Only in Him will you find full satisfaction in your life. doesn't mean everything will go well. You might get thrown in prison like Paul and Silas. But you'll know He's with you through all of it. Uh, and I urge you, if you know not Christ, to look to Him today for your salvation. Our lives should be one devoted to the worship of God Almighty 24-7. Not just one to two times a week, like sometimes we're guilty of. How do we do that? Well, you've got to pray daily. I'm going to say that. That's something you've got to have a time of special time of prayer with God daily. I believe that's just non-negotiable. And that time where you read the Bible daily. Or maybe you listen to it on an audio Bible. We're so blessed with technology today. It's just a blessing that you can listen to the Word of God. I remember when you used to have to pay almost a fortune to get an audio Bible. Now they're everywhere. That's a blessing. Use it. God has blessed us with His Word. Listen to the Bible while you're driving, while you're doing chores at the house. Continually have the Word of God in your heart and your mind. Listen to hymns or worship music as you drive. Share your faith in everyday conversations with people, just as we see with Paul and Silas. And of course, pray without ceasing and give God glory daily. Uh, for He deserves it. And we have been blessed more than we any of us deserve. But praise God for that. And uh, may He, may the Lord bless us this day and every day out of Zion. Let's go to the Lord God in prayer. Oh, Father, we thank You for the blessings that You give us each and every day. Lord, we often forget how much You do 
bless us. And we take things for granted. Oh, help us not to do that. Help us, Lord, to bless you, not only when we're here at church, but when we're driving home, when we're at work. Always, Lord, remembering who you are. To be a witness, Lord, day and night. And I pray for anyone here today who knows not Christ as Lord and Savior, that, Lord, you will send the Holy Spirit to them to to convict them, to regenerate them and bring them to faith, to look to Christ and Him alone for their salvation and satisfaction in this life. And help us, Lord, uh, as we leave here today to be that example of people who serve you day and night. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.